the drive to go further and reach higher. The same thing that inspires you inspires us. At Strayer University, we're always searching for new ways to make education more affordable. That's why we offer access to up to 10 no-cost gen ed courses to help you save time and money so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. No-cost gen ed provided by Strayer University affiliates of your learning. Eligibility rules apply. Connect with us for details. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. Good morning. <laughs> Well, that's not my intro. That's how he introduces the show. <laughs> I figured it would only be fitting. Good morning, Radicals, or good afternoon, Radicals, or good evening, Radicals. Today, I have an interview with the morning coach himself, J.B. Glossinger, host of the top-ranked Morning Coach podcast. We're going to talk about how his story and also all the stuff that you can do every day to coach yourself to a better life. <laughs> Welcome to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. My name is Joshua Sheets, and I'm your host. Thank you so much for being here. Interview for you, as I said, J.B. Glossinger, founder of TheMorningCoach.com. He's been doing this podcasting thing for a very long time. And I want you to learn a couple of things that are important in today's show. Number one, listen to his actual coaching advice, but also listen to his story of how he transitioned from something he hated to something he loved. Pointing it out to you because I see it everywhere, and since I see it everywhere, I got to point it out to you. Is the best way to build financial independence and financial freedom for you is just simply transition from something that's not a good fit for who you are as a person, your skills, talents, knowledge, and ability, interests, goals, etc., to something that is a good fit for you. And that road of transition might be tough, or it might not be. And regardless of how difficult it is or how long it takes. It's still worth it. Here's JB. JB, welcome to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. I appreciate you being with me. Hey, I'm glad to be here. Excited, excited. Been looking forward to chatting with you ever since we met at the Podcast South Florida meetup a couple months ago. And I'd like to start with talking a little bit about your day-to-day work as a coach. Before we get into actually your advice for people, though, What's your story and your background with regard to building a life that you love and building a, a lifestyle of freedom? How did you wind up in this world of coaching? Well, I, you know, it, you know, I stumbled and bumbled and, and uh, fell forward, I guess, and failed a lot. That's kind of how I got there, um, just by making a lot of mistakes. Uh, it, I, I got to say, it's not been a pretty picture. Um, I was in corporate forever, thought that was my dream, did the MBA, did the PhD, went through school, spent tons of money, uh, you know, got it totally in student loan debt and woke up one day just wondering, what the hell am I doing with my life? You know, uh, sitting in an office on the board of directors, making a ton of money in a very glamorous position. I was actually uh, went from selling aircraft, literally aircraft, to running a um, a hose shop for aircraft here in, in South Florida because they need some help in down in Miami. And I was just miserable, man. I was, I was getting up, you know, at, uh, you know, Monday morning going in hungover and then work until Friday and then, you know, Friday night going out and just trying to forget about my life. And on the outside, everybody, you know, it looked like this great life company car, board of directors, a lot of money, but, uh, on the inside I was crumbling. So the money was great, but my life wasn't. And I knew that I needed to make a change because I, I, I always said if I'm going to be the person that's always complaining, um, that that means there's a change that needs to be made. And I decided to make a change, and I wrote a book uh, because I'd followed uh, Tony Robbins and all the great pioneers in personal development, Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins and those guys, and said, hey, I can do that. And I wrote a book and decided to go out and build, put a website together and go out and promote this book and become a speaker. But I didn't realize uh, that there's a lot more to it. You know, you just don't write a book and build a website. <laughs> uh, I thought everybody would buy my book and everybody would come to my website. In fact, I spent 40 grand on the book and uh, we put all of our savings in this business and I just failed. Um, it was really ugly. Uh, I quit my job like anybody with a dream, like, you, you know, <laughs> it wasn't the smartest thing to do. It's like now I had no revenue. I had no way to uh, pay the bills, but I had a house full of books. And so, 
Uh, it was really ugly. And, I, you know, many times I, I almost gave up and went back and got the paycheck. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you need to go get the paycheck. But I stuck with it long enough and really failed forward. I did a podcast that uh, got really successful. And, uh, you know, over a couple of years, it was free. And then we went to paid. And that what a, that's what allowed me to eventually break free. But it really was just kind of chasing my dream and, and working on it every day and taking a lot of chances and failing over and over again and not really worrying about what everybody else thought through that failure. And that's what got me to the point where, you know, now I'm, you know, pretty much done. I actually do my podcast, my, my motivational stuff on the weekend. I, on Sunday night, like for two hours, I used to do it every morning and now I do it on Sunday. I do five of them. Um, just cause I like the energy. I'm all in one place. And plus it gives me nothing to do during the week. So I literally play golf every day. Um, you know, just write and have fun. I don't have any really commitments anymore and it's just a wonderful place to be. So I've been able to build systems uh, to give me freedom. And, and what's crazy is my business, you know, doubles and triples and quadruples every single year using these systems. And it's just, it's just been really a, a fun ride, uh, but a painful one at that. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't wish those first five years on anybody, but here I am 10 years later, the overnight success and it, and it, and it feels good. I, I gotta be honest. It feels <laughs> the good. 10 year overnight success, just like every other overnight success that I've ever talked to in my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they weren't with me for the first five years. And you know, what's funny is those five years when we were losing everything, nobody wanted to be with me. You know, I was like, why can't we sell a damn book or why won't somebody listen to me? It was, it was a challenge. And you know, we just kept kept going after it and rowing the boat, and and here we are. What's interesting to me is just kind of hearing <laughs> uh, that on your own progress. And w- at what point did you walk away from the corporate job? When I when I banked in my head, I call it banking in my head. When I you know I did the math and I said, okay, if I buy these four thousand books at you know ten bucks a piece and sell them for twenty five bucks, that would give me enough money to get going. You know. But when all the books came in and then I sold five copies in the first month, (laughs) then it got really scary. So I thought I was going to make all this money and, you know, you put a website and it just works. But it just it just didn't work. Yeah, the reason I was asking is because it's just funny because it sounds almost like my own story with Radical Personal Finance. You know, I was doing well, had the nice... uh, practice that I thought I wanted. And then it's like, this needs to be done. And, and unfortunately, there was no way for me to build radical personal finance as a practicing financial advisor due to the industry laws. So I did what I would advise no one else to do, yeah. <laughs> to, which was just simply walk away without a business plan. I have a plan. I mean, a little bit of a plan and I'm a year into it. So it's just nice to know that other people have gone that path before. And <laughs> Yeah. And I'm a very analytical and detailed person, very anal, but sometimes you just got to, you got to take the chance. And, you know, I call it intelligent life design. I teach it you know do do your hobby your passion two hours or three hours a day and keep your job i think it's a better way to do it honestly for a lot of people um i think it's smarter but you know what there's a couple of us crazy people that just jump in um (laughs) and 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 you learn i mean you really learn and you become an entrepreneur you realize that weekly paycheck's not going to come in and that makes it really difficult so i'd love your input as a coach Mm -hmm. and to talk about some of the types of things that listeners can do to improve their mindset and what's interesting is is you are working in an industry that there's a lot of shysters and there's a lot of great um great leaders Uh, so in your work as the morning coach what have you learned is probably the biggest area that most people ignore that impacts their either success or failure in life Honestly, I think it's the egoic attachment to things. You know, you know, so many people are, you know, since we're talking about finance and, and, and that area of life, let's talk about that. So many people are striving to get more and to bring more into life. But the truth is, if they could set up residual or passive income streams for three to $10,000 a month, uh, they could probably do so much more with their life. But because they've got themselves set up on a, you know, 11000 to 15000 or $20,000 uh, a month, not... And because if it's an egoic thing, you know, they got to have their Mercedes, they got to have the six bedroom house, they have to, you know, continually push, push, push to try to keep up with the Joneses, they, they lose their freedom. And I know that because that's what I did. And, and a lot of people are doing that. And it's a scary thing because there's so many people that are close to freedom where they could spend more times with their, you know, their family, their children, or just themselves or going to the beach or playing golf. If they just step back a little bit from what they've been taught and recognize that there are other ways to do things. And I think that's the big thing. Yes, I'm a personal development guy, but my dream is to have a million friends and then help a million people become free or more. And that's really important to me is to see people create streams of income and get their time back. Because 
at the end of the day, you know, we talk about finance all day. You know, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. And it's just, I just see people crumbling because of this, and they just get themselves in, in the hamster wheel, and they can't get out. And uh, it's a sad place to be because they don't have freedom. And, and I, I really want to help people do that. And in order to do that, you've got to find your authentic, true self and stop worrying about what other people think. Expand on how you actually deal with it. You just gave a start of an answer there, but let's say I've identified that, man, I'm really caught up in, in living a lifestyle that might seem impressive in the pictures on Facebook. What do I actually do about that? Yeah, well, you got to just realize that you got to be true, you know, and honest to yourself and, and start to step back and, you know, first of all, organize your finances and see what do you really need and then maybe cut back a little bit and recognize that you don't need to buy things or do things for other people. And, you know, getting a, a more of a prosperity mindset or an investment mindset is critical. Become a, a producer instead of a consumer. And, you know, 90% of the people out there are consumers out there. And the more you can produce, the more you can understand value and put it out into the world, the more you're going to be able to step back and then achieve freedom. And then in, in that free area is, is when you could just be yourself. And I think it's important when I, when I, you know, wrote my book and went out there, I paid $5,000. I had no money. I mean, we were broker and broke and I paid $5,000 to an image consultant and I put this suit on and. I mean, you can see I did an NBC interview that this PR agency got me, and I, I looked like an idiot, you know, really. It wasn't me. And um, and I just was egoic. You know, I thought that you had to do all these things the way people tell you to do them. And I sucked so bad that I finally realized that if I'm going to lose all my money, I'm going to suck. I'm going to be myself. And that was a turning point in my business, in my life. I just quit caring. You know, I was like, I'm going to do the things I want to do the way I want to do them. And you know what? I'll find people that are the same. And if nobody likes me and it doesn't work well there's always mcdonald's you know and that really was my mindset you know and and it, it's what finally turned it instead of trying to focus on what other people thought and what other people needed me to be i finally stepped back and said okay what do i want to be and how do how do i want my life to look like so i think the key thing is to first you know understand that aspect of it and get really clear of how you want your life to to be and i'm going to tell you you know, being a housewife of Atlanta or living those lifestyles that are very empty and shallow is not the life that most people want, but that's what they're trying to live like. They're trying to live like the Kardashians. They're trying to live these lives that are just really reality-based TV, and there's no truth to that. It's sad. So how do you identify, though, the difference between being yourself, being like you want to be, being your authentic self versus recognizing the fact that in the marketplace, perception is reality. People do perceive you in a certain way and uh, it might be intelligent to listen to some of the coaching that would tell you to make sure that you're presenting yourself to the marketplace carefully. Where's the distinction between those things? I think that's BS. There's billions of people in the world, billions with a B, you know, I, what I teach in the business side of thing is find 500 people that pay you 2000 a year for value. And every single person I know is an expert in somebody that, that would be listening to this show, okay? Yeah, there are some people that aren't there. We know that. And they need education. They need to get themselves to the next level. But if you build your business around producing revenue and producing, I mean, value that produces revenue at $2,000 a year at 500 people, which every single person that's listening to this knows, um, that's a million-dollar business. So... You know, there are people making money in every single market sector. I mean, I, I, there's people on Amazon writing dinosaur porn books and making a ton of money. Okay? I mean, it, it, this is the greatest time to be alive. And I think most people are just too concerned about what other people are doing and not willing to give their love or their passion time. That's the key thing. I mean, it's just you find a few people, you, you get value out there, you grow, you learn, you develop, and, and you build your platform. It's, it's there for every – if I could do this, believe me, anybody could do it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're Mr. MBA and PhD. No, I mean, but that's – It's a good way of selling it, but you're obviously but a pretty capable with, guy. <laughs> well, let me tell you that. I, I want to talk about that because it's really important, Joshua. I'm glad you bring that up. I do not use that much. You know, I got a big book coming out with Hay House, and they threw a PhD up there, and I, I, I'm telling them I don't want it on my name. Because that was a crutch. When I was getting into this business, I thought I needed gray hair. <laughs> True story. And I thought I needed an MBA and I thought I needed a PhD. And that's the only reason I spent all that money. And it was a waste of time and energy and effort. Yes, I learned a little bit from it. But at the end of the day, I don't even like those things anymore. I don't even want those letters because those were my crutch that I thought I needed to be successful. And I didn't need those things. So 
you just got to caution that. I mean, it's, it's, I, I see, I meet people every single day from all walks of life. You know, my, my new passion is golf. So I'm on the golf course every day. And, you know, most people that can golf a lot have very different lifestyles, you know, not too many people golf every single day. And so I'm able to travel and go to some of these really cool courses and meet some really cool people. And they all have this common thread of uniqueness that they found this unique ability to do the things they want. Yeah, there's a certain sector that, you know, has, has had, had money passed down, the lucky sperm, I like to call it, right? But at the end of the day, the people that are really successful are the ones that have found their true authentic self, and they've put something out, and they put their passion, their love, their joy out there. And that's what I, I really want to help people find, is that, that ability to get up in the morning and be excited about life. You know, it's like, I don't like to sleep at night, and I love to get up. Because I'm ready to challenge the day. And so many people don't even want to get out of bed. And it's so sad. It's just sad to me. I understand what you're saying about the MBA and PhD because it aligns with my own experience. When I started in the financial planning business, I was 23 years old. And I had an incredible perception of – I just I struggled with the fact of like who's going to listen to me. I'm at 23 years old and I have a tremendous baby face. So therefore, I felt like I needed to prove to people that I knew what I was talking about. So I went out and got the uh, – I went out and got – a bunch of you know in designations. I got a master's degree in financial planning. I got a CFP and a bunch of other stuff that all matters to a very small number of people. And now I look at that and I look back and I think about today. I could walk in in a pair of board shorts and a t-shirt with a yellow pad and a financial and a financial calculator and a pen, and I can do a financial plan for somebody because I'm confident in what I know. And I don't need the the CFP and the CLU and all that stuff because. That's become part of my confidence. It's become part of who I am. Uh, and so today, it wouldn't matter to me whether it's there or not. It's, I leave it there in case somebody ever, it ever is helpful to somebody. But to me, though, I don't think I could have made that shift without going through the process of the work. And I'm not sure you could have made this shift and developed the confidence without going through the process of the work. Do you think I'm wrong? No, I, I think there's, a, you know, we're all on our own pace. I mean, Michael Dell, you know, quit college, Bill Gates, Steve Jobs. I mean, they didn't even finish college. I mean, they, but their passion flew through. I think everybody's on a different path. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong to get the educations. No, I think it's great. I think education's awesome. I think the problem is when you think that you need the education, it's your crutch. You know, I wish I'd have went back. If I had to do it all over again, I went for the education. I was there for the, the letters because yeah. I thought that would take me to the next next place. So I have nothing wrong with it. I think it's great. If you can come from a place of authenticity and you know, authenticity and, and you know do your MBA, I think it's fantastic. It wouldn't be what I was there for because I was there for the next career jump. So interestingly, I 100% agree with you because if I were going to go back and do it again, I would do the same thing. I wouldn't have gotten a business degree. I would go and get a degree in, I don't know, something like philosophy or something that I cared about instead of just what I needed to do to get into the business world. And all the financial planning classes, I just lined them up and took tests to get as many letters as possible. And I wish I had slowed down and absorbed more of the information and learned it better than I did because that was just about you know getting things done. So I, we, we share the same perspective on that. Yeah, well, I think everybody does. I mean – we don't have to pull any punches. I mean, people are trying to get ahead, right? I mean, that's right. the truth. I mean, I mean, I don't. I have not met one person that I talk to that doesn't love freedom and to make more money. I mean, I, I have not met one person. Even Mother Teresa. The reason Mother Teresa was so successful is because she could raise money, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it just is what it is. So we have to have that background. My issue is is that when we get so egoic, we get so caught up in, in TV and you know just going throughout the minutiae of the day and plopping down and watching the next Breaking Bad, which I have no problem with. I love Breaking Bad. I, I just finished it, as if, but I watched it on Netflix and I watched three of them at a time and on airplanes, you know. But you know, we we gotta open our minds to the pure potential that's in the world. I know that's deep, but there's billions of people in the world, and we gotta open our dream or start to build our dream, and we just gotta allow time to take place. And whatever business that you're in, uh, you know, I don't care. I have friends that build yachts. I have all different types of friends and all of them had to start somewhere. And, you know, there's a thing in Zen that says the beginner mind. And, you know, we don't allow ourselves to be a beginner enough and people buy passion. And if you're passionate and excited about the things in your life, that's going to come through. And, and I don't know a person in the world that can't do that, that has the motivation and wants to do it. There are a lot of entitled people that just don't want to, and that's cool. But anybody that's listening to this, obviously is somebody that has the ability they just need to borrow the belief and then have the patience enough to build something that is going to work for them. And personally, I would think they should search residual and passive income type streams 
uh, or buy businesses, which is another thing I do, uh, to try to generate revenue because I just think it's just a wonderful time to do that. And I think that's what creates true financial security. And not only that, you made a great point, Joshua, is the lessons that you learn by doing those things is really what's going to help you in the future. You've been doing this for 10 years. What's a story that stands out in your mind as one of the most unlikely transformations that you've seen with somebody that's been involved in your coaching community? Well, do you want me to talk about business or personal life? Because I have a couple. One of Um, each. Okay, well, in personal life, I'll tell you my avatar, and I think everybody needs an avatar. That's the person you speak to, okay? So when I sit down to write a blog or write my book with Hay House or to to, to do a podcast or something in that manner, um, I always have somebody, okay? And the one person I have is a woman who uh, lived in Europe, uh, actually started in California, married a gentleman from Europe and moved to uh, moved to Europe with with him. And she, she sent me a, a seven-page letter. So I opened this letter up one day. And she told me how, how awesome her life started, that they had two beautiful kids and she was in Europe. And about about two months into the, the deal, um, he started to beat her. And so she used to hide in the closet. That was her thing. He would beat her and she would go in the closet. And so I'm reading this in a letter, Joshua, by the way, which is pretty intense. And I'm reading about her, her being beat. And then I read that she found me, you know, and she found me on iTunes and started listening to me every day. And she would get beat and she would go in there with her little iPhone and she would listen to me, you know, trying to trying to get her going. And finally, uh, you know, and again, I'm reading this letter. She she said that he started beating the kids wow. and she didn't have any strength, but she listened to me every day. And she said, you know what? This guy's telling me to go after my dreams and I believe I can do this. And she took the money out of the bank, like three grand, moved to California with her kids, left this guy, didn't know anybody there, still paid me my 20 bucks a month to be a morning coach member. And uh, at the end of this letter, she, you know, she finished by saying that, you know, yesterday I ran my first marathon. My kids were at the finish line. I have a beautiful, beautiful husband now and a beautiful life in California. I just want to thank you. And that's just, it's just a testament to the power that we have to touch others. I'm just a normal guy from Indiana. You know, I never thought, you know, in fact, I look in the mirror a lot of times and say, why me? But now anytime I need to get my butt up, and uh, focus on writing or do something or say, hey, I'm not playing golf today. I think of her, you know, and I think of that woman in the closet being beat. And um, that's that's what we need. That's what people need. If people say, well, I, JB, I don't know if I can go out there and talk to other people. I don't know if I can chase after my dream. I, I guarantee there's somebody that needs what you have. And that's my job. My job at Morning Coach and what I do is to tell people to get out there and be great because we need you. We do. We need everybody's greatness, whether it's curing cancer, which is awesome, or creating a new paper clip to put papers together. They're all relevant and they all make the world better. And so I'm kind of selfish in doing morning coach because um, I want to have a better life because of the greatness that people bring to me, you know, the Teslas of the world and, you know, all the things that are, that are going on uh, out there to make our life better. The new MacBook that I got, you know, all these things make my life better, but they, we can't make our lives better unless we get greatness from individuals. And um, that comes from people, people going after their dream. That's a remarkable story. What about the business example? Yeah, my business is another one. Uh, Janelle Mills, um, she's the CEO of Cool Wazoo. She listened to Morning Coach and um, was listening for a while, stay-at-home mom, three kids, took her took her kid to a, uh, a swing set, set the baby in the swing set, and the baby burned her butt, you know, and she's like, I got to do something about this. So she created a product, uh, listened to Morning Coach, got the beliefs, thought she could, you know, said I could do this. Uh, I'll never forget the day I got a Skype from her as a morning coach member. She goes, can I ask you a question on speaking? And I said, she goes, I got this thing coming up. And I said, yeah. I said, you know, what do I need to do? These people are preparing me for a proposal. I had no idea what it was. And I said, just be you. Be you. People buy passion. So she went on Shark Tank. Went on Shark Tank and um, everybody turned her down. And then she started crying. She decided to be herself. I had no idea this was going on, and so she started, uh, you know, crying and being herself, and why she shows so passionate about this product, and she got funded. So it was so cool to see somebody that listened to Morning Coach, stay at home mom, <laughs> actually go on Shark Tank and get funded. And I actually tell her story in my new book that's coming out next year with Hay House because I just think it's phenomenal. And it's just a point; it's just proof that somebody, you know, business is finding a need and filling it. She found a need, she filled it. She's not killing it. But she's, you know, she's building a life. She's learning and she's CEO of a company. You know, I, I just think it's awesome. 
Yeah. And in today's world, I agree with you as far as the opportunity that's out there. I don't think it's ever been easier for people who have an idea and see a need to take that forward. Whether or not you could take it all the way, there's a big difference between starting and selling one unit versus selling a billion units. You may not become a billionaire off of your idea, but you can at least move it forward. <laughs> and yeah. and it's never been easier in the history of, of the world to, to move business ideas forward and solve the needs that society has. Three to ten grand a month. I mean, it creates freedom for most people. You know, and if you're doing what you love every day, you don't work a day in your life. And it's the truth. So, you know, try to figure that out. And, and you know what? If it takes you 10 years to get to that point, was it worth it? You know, the towers were hit 14 years ago. Wow. What could have people have done in that time that could could have changed their life to be making three, five, ten thousand $10,000 a month doing what they love? I just that's my it's just what I do. You can tell I'm passionate about it because there's nothing I like to see better and when I see people take hold of that dream and they go out there and make it happen, they fall down and get beat up and lose and get back up again. I, I just absolutely love it. I know I spent a lot of years consuming inspiration, encouragement, motivation, and really being fired up about the idea of going out and getting my dreams and fulfilling my passion. And then I would sit down and say, well, wait a second. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what that business idea is. And I spent years kind of looking for it. I know a lot of my listeners are in a similar position based upon some of the emails that I get. What advice do you give to somebody in that situation? Um, I, I would say, you know, I, I just, it's funny. I just did an ebook called seven days of finding your passion. We're going to do some Facebook ads to a conversion funnel to help people with this. But, um, I, I, I think Steve jobs, who I think, you know, wasn't the nicest person in the world, but he said it best in his Stanford speech that, you know, death is a great motivator, you know, and, you know, I'm a positive guy, but sometimes you gotta, you gotta embrace the dark side. You're not going to be here. You know, there's a video on YouTube. It's viral about jelly beans and how many moments you're going to have in your life. I think you got to look at your funeral and you got to step back and see yourself is, is, you know, this is a great spiritual exercise by the way too, but see yourself and, and look back at your accomplishments and the things that you did. That's one thing, you know, and, and as you look at that, you're going to, you're going to have some discoveries there. The other thing that I always suggest with people that are stuck with their passion is to go back to their childhood. If you come into my office, I have an X2 robot, 2XL, for my child. I used to play 8-track tapes. I have that. I put them in all the time. I have a big Centurion helmet. I got an 8-foot big thing cut out of Groot behind me. I have an Excalibur poster. I have Dungeons & Dragons books. I have comic books. All this stuff from my childhood I surround myself with. Um, And I actually go to eBay when I'm struggling, and I'll buy a toy for my childhood. And it just brings back the passion and the youthful energy. And I think those two things, you know, envision your funeral if you want to get a little bit morbid and your left brain serious type, or if you're a little more right brain and creative, then go back to your childhood. Buy those toys. Fill your office with them and allow that creativity to flow, and you'll find your passion. It's there. And I think, you know, really the childhood one really works well for, for a lot of people because it's, that's where it all began, right? And that energy's there. You're pretty hardcore on entrepreneurship. Do you think that you have to be an entrepreneur to be free? Absolutely not. I think there's a lot, you know, one of my big group in Morning Coach I love is HR. You know, they take care of the people at the jobs. And I think you could be free if you love your job. There's so many great doctors. There's so many nurses. There's janitors. There's nothing. I I mean, I I don't care what I'm doing. You know, I have a house in, in Bogota, South America. And one of the reasons I love to go to Columbia so much is those people down there are passionate about everything they do. You know, we have people come clean the house. They're passionate. They want to do the best job. The people want to cook. They want to be the best cooks. No, you don't, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. I, I, I love being an entrepreneur, and that's what we're talking about because we're talking a little bit about finance. But there's nothing wrong with gum, growing up through a company and being able to shape the culture and be somebody that gets in there and really cares. And I tell you what, if you take that attitude, a little bit entrepreneurial, but if you take that attitude that I'm going to come here and I'm going to do my best to make this place great – you're going to move right up the chain and you're going to never have to worry about financial matters. You're just going to have to, you know, your time's going to be off. But you'll get there someday where you have four weeks vacation. And if you love what you do, hey, go in there and make a difference. So, no, I love people that are in careers as long as they're in careers that they love to do. 
The self-help section at the bookstore, at least my bookstore, is massive and it's packed. It's wall-to-wall. And it's even bigger on the internet. All the time I'm finding a new YouTube channel with another self-success you know, success guru. I'm finding another website from somebody who's decided to set up a coaching business. There's a lot of voices out there. How do you differentiate between the good ones that can be useful and helpful and the ones who may be leading you down a path that might not have a lot of success in it? You know what? There's a lot of great stuff in everything, even the garbage I've bought over the years. You know, I always have a percentage that goes to my education budget. You know, you even learn like the stuff you shouldn't do. But at the end of the day, it's pretty simple. And and it's, it's, it's follow people that are doing what you want to do. And, and get coaching from people that are doing things that you want to do. It's that simple. If you want lifestyle, I'm the perfect guy. I mean, that's what I live, you know. And if a speaker or a teacher or an educator isn't willing to let you look into their life, there's an issue there. They have to be congruent with what they're teaching, you know. And I think that's where Facebook and Twitter and all those areas, if you're a teacher, you got to be out there. You can't, you know, I, I've met so many of these people that have never read their own books. You know, it's like, God, Really? Really? You know, and as I get deeper and deeper into the business, it's shocking to me. It's like, didn't you read your book? You know, but I'll I'll be fully transparent. There's days on my golf course, you know, like today. I had a horrible day. I was angry. I was frustrated. And, you know, I wear three snappable rubber bands, and I wasn't snapping them, and I knew I should have, you know. I use essential (laughs) oils to keep myself positive. I smell peppermint, you know, those type of things. And I, I wasn't congruent with my message today. We all fall down, even the best teachers. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to dig into the people. Do your research. You know, if you're a social media expert and you have 500 people on Twitter and 1,000 Facebook likes, how the heck are you a social media expert, right? right? You know, I mean, it's just doing a little due diligence and digging in to find out who the people really are. If you're a relationship expert and you've had three divorces and you're trying to teach people about marriage, well, I don't think there's congruency there. Unless you're very honest and very transparent that I've had three divorces and I could take you through that. So I think it's really important that people do their due diligence and learn about the people and who they are. It's, it's critical. And then, obviously, the big one is get, get uh, you know, recommendations from other people. That's why, and, and that's why I built Morning Coach as a community more than anything else is because I want a group of people together. I got tired of, of friends that didn't believe in me and people that just didn't have the right attitude. And this isn't some cheesy positive thing like, oh, stay positive, read affirmations every day. It's just real people that are cool that are trying to get ahead. And that's what I try to put together because I, I, I've i been a, a product of all the books and tapes. They were tapes and then CDs and now MP3s that I've read. And I don't think you can not get away. Uh, you know, you, you can take something away from everything. But, yeah, you got to be a little cautious. And if you see a book or something you want to read or a resource, do some due diligence. Find out the person. Read their backstory. And if you can't, run away because they're hiding something. There's probably a business for a success coach who simply says, I'm just going to tell you about all my failures. Jim Rohn used to have a, uh, a few lines about that, about how fascinating it would be to study somebody who would just open up about all their failures so you could have learned what not to do. I've never heard the person actually proclaim that, but I guess if, uh, if somebody had been through five divorces, they could build a business and a career just simply saying, I have no idea how to run a marriage, but let me tell you about the problems I've had and maybe you can spot some mistakes that you're making. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I would love that. I would love that. I mean, I, I, I don't like the speaking or coaching industry. I'll just put it out there. I just am not a big fan of it. I just, I just see a lot of desperation in it. I see a lot of people just, you know, using it for egoic basis and not really wanting to help people. And, you know, honestly, you know, I got to build a business too, but at the end of the day, you know, you got to care about your people. And we always go back to that as we're getting big, you know, things are starting to really move for us. And we always say the last person in is the most important. Our events are getting bigger. Everything for us is growing. Our, my inner circle, my mastermind groups. And, you know, I just, I just care about people. And I believe that's why, why we're, we're growing. And I think that's why some people struggle as coaches and, you know, as speakers, because I was that guy. I mean, I put the suit on. I just expected everybody to buy my book. My book was horrible. wasn't edited properly. You know, and I just said, I'll just sell people because that's what I was good at for years. And it wasn't until I got truly authentic. And then I started to really care about people, truly care, not just BS. I need your money. You know, that's when things started to really flip for my business. And now I got a whole team that does the same thing. And we're building this culture of really believing in people and helping them go. And so you know, I really, really suggest people do due diligence on who they listen to. Uh, there's great teachers. I wouldn't be where I'm at today 
you know, from without my teachers. Uh, but there's some bad ones out there too. You're 100% right. You talked about investing a percentage of your income back into your education, and my mentors convinced me of the value of that in years past. Take me back over about the last 20 years before Morning Coach and since then, and talk about some of the ways that you've invested in yourself and what has had the highest return and what perhaps didn't have a very high return for you. You know, it's, I'm a product of what I've read and been to and, and, and watched. And, you know, I try to read three books a week. I've done that for as long as I can remember, even when I was poorer than poor. And I had to go to Bookman's book tour, store in Tucson, Arizona and trade my books back in. Literally, I was, you know, running a health club, running on 20, 30 bucks a week to eat and get my books. And, you know, I just read everything. I mean, I just constantly, I still do. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Right now, it's usually two uh, books I read in one audio book, but I try to get through three books a week, which is kind of insane. I listen to audio books on two times speed when I walk the dog in the morning. Got a system down for that. Um, events, I think, are invaluable. I don't like to travel. I absolutely hate networking. Um, I, I think it's if, I, if, if there is a hell somewhere and I go to hell, I will be sent to a networking event. Um, <laughs> I can't stand it. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, it sucks. But there's just something about networking that's really good. I'm not networking, but events that are just amazing. And, you know, I joined uh, Jeff Walker's mastermind, who's very successful in product launch formula a couple years ago. I didn't believe in those groups. I just didn't think I needed them. And boy, has that changed my life. Um, but events are very important. Masterminding with other like-minded people who have skin in the game. You know, I'm paying 30000 plus a year to be in Jeff's group. So when I sit down at that meeting, you know, we know people have skin in the game. You know, you're not going to pay that kind of money. You know, most really good masterminds are 20000 plus. If you're spending that kind of money, you know, you're going to sit next to somebody that's also committed. Um, so so those type of groups are great. Events have been great throughout my life. And when I was broke, you know, and I couldn't obviously do a mastermind, then then I would go to events, you know, 97, 297. Whenever I could get, I would go to an event, uh, which, are, which are very important. And then again, audiobooks. I mentioned it. But, I mean, I listen to Stephen King on writing at least once a month. And I'm getting taught how to write by Stephen King. I mean, it's the best time to be alive. I mean, come on, give me a break. I mean, Stephen King is teaching me how to write for a $9.99 audiobook. Where else are you going to get that, you know? In my mind, that's one of the – when people tell me I don't read, I just think, huh? Like, are you stupid? And you are because you've got the the greatest people in any industry, in any uh, any part of society, any historical period that have sent, sat down and synthesized decades of experience into something that in 5, 10, 15, 20 hours, you can absorb decades of experience of this person. And that's sitting there and you don't pursue it. Uh, you know, you'd only stand on the shoulders of giants if you actually climb up their backs. It's not some kind of automatic thing that somehow, because you magically are alive in 2015, that you can, uh, you know, absorb the wisdom of the universe through osmosis. You got to sit down and educate yourself. And a book is, or an audio book, is the best way to do that. A hundred percent. And you know, I, you know, I'm a C student through college, all the way through until I got into my upper grades. Then I actually did good because I actually applied myself, but most of the time I was bored as hell in those other classes. And so, you know, I still have trouble adding up my golf score at the end of the day. But the thing that I do have is tons of knowledge from reading, and I just think everybody should do that. It's, it's why I am here today. You know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the reading. You built a business, and this is the final area I want to explore with you. You built a business morning coach, and this is was based, as, as far as at least your initial approach, was based upon the concept of a daily coaching discussion. Um, was that a unique concept at the time? Yes. I mean, it was very unique. You know, in our, our space, nobody had ever done it. And really, nobody really ever ha- still has. I mean, you know, personal development every single day. Um, you know, creating a system because one of the issues I had, I, I'll just tell you quickly the history of Morning Coach. I was going to get 52 different speakers and have them do it. I, I wasn't even going to do it myself. You know, I was going to go with 52 speakers and I joined the National Speaker Association. And I just couldn't find speakers I wanted. I just couldn't find people that I, I were, were in alignment with my methods. So I decided to do it because the issue, what happened with me as a reader, you know, is that I would read Tony's book, then Zig's book, then you know, Covey's book. And I would start to apply these things, but I didn't even recognize that I was confusing myself subconsciously. So where Morning Coach really started is when I started to to fi- try to find speakers to give me something every day because I was running on content, even with the books, and I wanted something consistent. So when I started to do that is when my life started to change. It started to move another direction. 
And so that system came to be that, hey, you can read everything. You can, you know, get all the information from all the different teachers, but get something consistently and congruently on a daily basis. And all the great teachers have always said that. Do 30 minutes of positive personal development every day. But the issue is when you're leaving, reading Jim Rohn and Stephen Covey and Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins, you're, you're, you're getting different philosophies every day. And if you don't have some glue to hold that together – it really can get frustrating because subconsciously you're setting goals one way and the next day you're doing something else. It's different to get inspiration. It's another thing to have a systematic system in place of your growth because you're switching systems all the time. So that's where Morning Coach came from. It's like, man, I, I need a system. I, I need something that I can do every day that's going to be in alignment. So, you know, if I get an idea from Zig, it's not throwing something into the, you know, throwing, some, you know, throwing a problem out there because I didn't realize it because all of a sudden I'm reading another system on goal setting. It's a totally different one than I read yesterday. So that's that's the whole reason that Morning Coach came through was there was this need for something in the morning to really help people get a consistent system as they read their books, as they went to events, as they did everything else, not burn out from going to see Tony. They're all excited. They come back and two weeks later, they're back into their regular life. But to have something that they could plug into that was going to be consistent and similar in scope over the whole period. So what is the organizing framework, though? Is it a unique system that you created, or is it just the fact that you have one specific actionable principle each day? No, it's pretty much the system that I've created from over the years. You know, one of the big philosophies you have is the Sacred Six philosophy, which is the actual book coming out from Hay House. We have a lot of metaphysical aspects to it. You know, we have Financial Fridays where we kind of go over prosperity consciousness and things there. So there's there's a lot of structure. Mondays we organize uh, Tuesdays, we do personal evolution, personal development. Wednesday is a metaphysical spiritual day. Thursday is a book study. Uh, we do people's various books. And then Friday is prosperity and abundance. So we have a structure uh, that we're always constant working. And the, the idea is to focus on 1% improvement. That's it, 1% improvement. And people that plug into the system get really great results because it's a simple system yet effective because it's consistent. It's every day. And I don't care if it was me or somebody else. If you did some growth work every single day, whether you're listening to me or somebody else, it's going to work. You just got to, you know, give it time, be patient and commit to it. Yeah, that's been my experience. And last question uh, on this and then just talk about morning coach. Last question. How do you balance the tension between learning more and applying more? Uh, you know, again, it goes back to my Sacred Six philosophy. So with the Sacred Six, we do not do more than six activities at any one time. So if you've got a, six projects, you can't add anything else to it. So you can learn more, but you can't add anything to it. So like my team, we have six things that are going, and we have a list in Evernote of so many things that are million-dollar ideas, but we can't touch them because we're not ready. And I think the biggest issue with most people is they run around doing too many things. So the first thing they have to do is get one thing going. So it's like one stream of revenue or learn Spanish or something, right? So they have one thing and then they can start to to move into more things. But, you know, in all the research I've done, and there's a, that's why we're writing the book on this, you know, you can't have too many things going on. Essentialism, one's another book that's come out that's really big. People are so scattered and and really... The problem is it's not time management anymore. It's not balance. It's focus. And it's it's really learning about focus management. I always say time management so 80s, right? It's 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 like you should nobody should be teaching time management anymore. We got I mean I literally have one, two, three, the MacBook just came in, four, five, Apple Watch. <laughs> I mean I have six devices right now. I'm probably getting bombarded by radiation. iPhone six plus, a Mac Pro a Mac Air, a new MacBook, and an Apple Watch on. You know, all this is around me, an iPad. I mean, it's ridiculous, you know. And then when I look at my screen, you know, we're doing this as a recording, and I'm, we're, you know, talking to each other. I got Skype going. I got my chat going. I got hip chat going. This is all in my environment <laughs> just by looking around, you know. So, I mean, the stress comes from lack of focus, you know. And it's, 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 it's Stephen Pressfield, who I love. Friend Pressfield's awesome, and everybody should w- read The War of Art. Those are things that just add to the resistance of not doing things. You just got to get focused in on a few things that you're going to do, a few actionable items every day, stick with it. And, you know, what you'll find, what will happen is you'll start on plan A and you'll have this dream and you'll start moving it and it won't work. So you go to plan B and it won't work. I'll, I'll tell you this. You'll be lucky if it works on A or B. You'll go to C, then D happens, then E, then F. Then, you know, I think morning coaches like T. (laughs) <laughs> that's where we're at and hey it worked oh my gosh it's it's working 
You know, it's like a par on the golf course or a birdie. Wow, we hit one. Yeah. And that's the way it is. And if you get the right support structure around you, you, you eventually get there. I made myself a rule that helped me back to that focus management. I realized that my skills of focus had significantly atrophied through the last few years with the Internet age. There's always something going on. And I realized that I wasn't just simply able to process information in a linear format as well as I used to. So I bought a printer, and I made myself a promise. If there's something worth reading, I'm going to print it out put it on my desk and turn off the computer and sit and read it by hand with a pen and a highlighter in my paper in my hand. That's helped immeasurably because no matter how awesome Instapaper is and no matter how great reading it on the on the the devices is, it's just there's so many distractions there and even though I have most of them turned off, everything just turns into a rabbit trail and that's been a hugely helpful to me to rebuild my skills and my muscles of focus. Well, we're finding not only that in our research that the neuro connection between writing and reading uh, off the computer is actually very strong. So much so, I'm doing a lot of research with a dip pen. My wife just brought Kate was in Italy, brought me a dip pen back, and I'm journaling with the dip pen. I'm what going is, really old school. A fountain pen with a dip. You dip oh, in the ink. Nice. Think Ben Franklin. Okay. Yeah, nice. And there's just a connection there. And you know, I I actually use a pencil, number two pencil. A lot of times, I have a writing coach that helped me with this because I was struggling. So a lot of my writing will start with a number two pencil and a yellow pad, and then move to the computer because it gets that there's a neuro connection between those two. And yeah, we're moving more and more to computers, but I think we're finding people actually moving more offline. And, you know, I'm actually building a journal that's a paper journal based on the Sacred Six program. We're going to build the technology, but we're also building a journal system uh, that's paper and pen. And you find that, you know, for me, I have my moleskins and I have a new kind of notebook that I use and I love them. But that doesn't take me away from, you know, I just got the new 12 inch MacBook. I got it here on my desk that I can carry everywhere in the world, and type my notes in. But there's still something about being able to write things out that make a big difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the, the integration of the two is, is, is probably the That's ultimate. what's key. Yeah, I mean, I got an Apple Watch on right now into the phone, into the, you know, into the Evernotes. And, the, you know, I'm using Dropbox now. Like, I, I just absolutely love Dropbox because I can see things through. I use Scrivener for my writing. I mean, I absolutely love – I'm a nerd. You know, I love the computer. I love my, the ability to systemize and organize. That's why I can play golf every day. But at the end of the day, when I sit down and I got to be creative and really connect, like something as personal as journaling or something as personal as setting up my day and what I need to do, I like to write that down. I don't like a program to send that out to me. I'm with you. JV, tell us about Morning Coach, where people can go for information to subscribe and sign up if they're interested. Yeah, Morning Coach is cool. It's very laid back. Uh, we, we do charge we, uh, because that's our business. It's, I think we're one of the few people that charge for a daily podcast is what it is. We call it a CoachCast. But uh, it's 20 bucks a month. We do seven days free. We've got this wonderful community of people all over. Just go to morningcoach.com. It's a really great group of people, and, and uh, we're just working to help each other. And that's, that's what we do. We do two events a year. We do a motiva- motivational event in February called Awaken My Life, which is really cool. And we have a lot of people come to that. Uh, and then in October, we have another one called Lifestyle Design Summit, all based on lifestyle design. Uh, that's coming up the 16th and 17th of October at Fort Lauderdale Convention Center. It's a cool environment. Anybody wants to go to that, lifestyledesignsummit.com. That's it. We're pretty chill. Find out about me, glossinger.com. I keep some information up there on things that are going on, my golf game and life. And if people want to find out more about me, you know, that's a good place to look us up. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. No problem, brother. Glad to be here and just keep doing what you're doing. We need more people out there like you. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Always something that you can learn from somebody who's a morning coach. And the story, just as we close, just want to emphasize his story about the lady listening in the closet. You never know the impact that you can have on somebody else. And it's truly incredible. We really do live in an amazing, amazing time. Uh, So take... Some of the ideas and concepts that JV has, apply them to your own life. Uh, it's probably a good, <laughs> it's a good promo for entrepreneurship, like we've talked a little bit, a lot about. Uh, you can just see the benefits of entrepreneurship from JV's story. Obviously, not easy, but it might be worth it for you. 
check out some of his things. Check out themorningcoach.com. Also, uh, let's see, lifestyledesignsummit.com. I don't have any kind of – I should have set up an affiliate link for that. Oh, well. Um, I don't have any kind of affiliate link for that or, or anything. So just go to lifestyledesignsummit.com and check that out. And I actually will be going to that. I met JB uh, here where I originally met him was at a podcast South Florida meetup here in Fort Lauderdale. And I, uh, I will be going to that myself. So if any of you want to come, um, feel free to uh, plan on meeting me and seeing me there in Fort Lauderdale uh, when that event happens. Thank you, JB, so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And thank you all so much for listening. If you benefited from this information, check out JB's stuff. But also I'd be thrilled if you become a patron of the show. Details of that are at RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. And the way that works is the show is directly supported by you, the listener. You figure out how much this content is worth to you. Figure out what the amount of money is, the difference that you expect my content to make in your life. Take 10% of that. Try it over to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. Put that number in. Literally can be as little as a dollar a month or it can be as much as a couple hundred bucks a month. I got some different bribes and benefits for you at different levels. Uh, early bird access to the show, uh, access to a private uh, Q&A, uh, which by the way, that is coming up soon. So uh, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. Hurry up and get over there. I think the Q&A is next Friday. Uh, I will send that, be sending out notice to that very soon. Uh, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. Thank you all so much for listening. Be back with you soon. Thank you for listening to today's show. Please subscribe to the podcast with our free mobile app so you don't miss a single episode. Just search the app store on your device for Radical Personal Finance and you'll find our free app. If you have received value from the content of this show, please consider becoming a patron. Your financial support is how I pay the bills for the show and how I plan to grow our content. You can support the show with as little as a dollar a month or as much as you feel the content is worth. Details are at radicalpersonalfinance.com slash patron. If you'd like to contact me personally, my email address is joshua at radicalpersonalfinance.com or connect with the show on Twitter at RadicalPF and at facebook.com slash radicalpersonalfinance. This show is intended to provide entertainment, education, and financial enlightenment. But your situation is unique, and I cannot deliver any actionable advice without knowing anything about you. Please, Develop a team of professional advisors who you find to be caring, competent, and trustworthy, and consult them, because they are the ones who can understand your specific needs, your specific goals, and provide specific answers to your questions. I've done my absolute best to be clear and accurate in today's show, but I'm one person and I make mistakes. If you spot a mistake in something I've said, please come by the show page and comment so we can all learn together. Until tomorrow, Thanks for being here.